What do we think of Tottenham? Shit! What do we think of shit? Tottenham! Thank you! Hello and welcome to In The Clock End, an Arsenal podcast with me, Steve. And joining me this week, Calvin's back again. Or should I say, I'm back again. How are you, mate? Yeah, I'm all good, Steve. Good to have you back. Um, we missed you on the last pod last week, or whenever it was, in the week. Was it in the week? I don't know. My contact time's in the bin. Lost track of time. I don't, oh. Is it 2022, 2024? I, I, I have no idea. And joining us as well, Liam's back again. How are you, mate? You are right? I'm very good, thank you. I'm an hour ahead, so it gets even more confusing over here. <laughs> It's not three o'clock kickoffs anymore. It all gets all muddled. So when when was the last time Arsenal had a three o'clock kickoff? Just on that note, <laughs> I don't know. Not over in the Netherlands for a long time. Not even in the UK, <laughs> mate. It's that in the bin. Literally Sunday half seven. Oh, that's the worst one, isn't it? Whoever thought half seven kickoffs on a Sunday night were a good time for football? I find the whole thing quite baffling. You want to settle down for your Sunday roast, and you know watch. A little bit of um, glass of summer wine, not watching football. <laughs> we have very different tastes. I'm sure he's taking the piss with last of summer wine, but I don't know. He does. You know what? I'm more of a I'm more of a touch of frost, touch of frost, maybe a bit of only falls and horses. No, I, I guess I'm on my own with those. <laughs> maybe, maybe you Absolutely. love the, do you like the old school classics? Do you? Is that I do, you mate. A bit of Red Wharf. I was watching that yesterday just because it was on. It's shit. No offence, man. Like, no, so... no. It's not. No, you're a big fan. We what talked about Red Dwarf, yes or no? Red... You probably didn't even heard of Red Dwarf, have you? No, <laughs> no I haven't. I, I mean, if you're calling me, if you're looking for stuff that I consider old, I like uh, well, Friends. I enjoy Friends. That's one of my favourites. I don't mind Great a bit show. of Blackadder. Don't mind yes. a bit of Blackadder. Black uh, otherwise, I don't know anything before 2000. <laughs> wow. Sorry. Yeah, moving on, moving on. Moving yeah. on. What a <laughs> fan fucking tastic few days we've had. Uh beating the Limpy Harkos and then beating the that shit from down the road uh yesterday afternoon. How are you guys feeling about that? Pretty happy? Hard not to be. That's a great week for Arsenal Football Club lads. Um for the season we've had, the inconsistencies we've shown. But I think not as a great week. I think we've we merit that week that we've had with our, you know, with our, not our cunt, Jesus Christ, that sounded terrible, with our current run of form. You know, we've lost games where we actually haven't played that badly. I think we've discussed this a few times on the pod where we're a little bit not sure how to feel after games because of how we've played. And ultimately, we've just shot ourselves in the foot here and there. But no, that's a great week. Great, great result away from home to bring back um, for this Thursday night. And look, is there anything better than not only beating Tottenham Hotspur, but beating a Jose Mourinho managed Tottenham? That, that that's just that's just that's, it doesn't get much better than that for me when it comes to a Premier League game. Stephen's really trying hard to put me off with his wearing his female sunglasses. Uh, his female sunglasses, fiance's sunglasses. Sorry, mate. It's all right. You're all right. <laughs> no, absolutely. It's been a fantastic uh, few days for the Arsenal. Do we just jump in with the Olympiacos to get out of the way, and then we can talk about yesterday? I think that's probably a good shout. Liam, what, what did you think of the game on, on Thursday then um, over in Olympiacos? It's hard to remember in all the elation of celebrating last night. It's quite hard to think back, actually, even though it was, what, three days ago? Um, yeah, I mean, ultimately, just can't argue with the result. I, I, 
from my takeaway, I guess, was that the performance wasn't quite there and we required worldies um, in all three goals to, to get the result we needed. But you, you just can't, it's exactly like you said, you just can't argue with the result, can you? Uh, that's, the, that's, the main, that's the main thing. It's only one thing to get a bit pissed off about during the game, weren't they, lads, to be honest? And that was, that's, that's, that's just deciding to press that self-destruct button, which we've seen to do so often. What, do you, what did you make of that, Steve? You know, it's funny. We, we talk about it all the time, and Danny Spires and his shit for brains. <laughs> um, but you know what? On reflection, you know, at the time I thought it was a, uh, you know, Danny Spires masterclass. Um, but, it, but, you know, after watching it back, it really is a case of, you know, that's on Lenny for me. Um, mm-hmm. you know, you, there's, there's a really good uh, like this freeze frame of the incident and he's got the four players all around him. What, you know, what is going through Leno's head? Is he following direct orders from Arteta that under no circumstances you are you know, booting that ball away? You, you need to make the, you know, make the pass. If that's the case, you know, he needs to get better his, his game management in, in terms of, you know, what, well, the basics of passing, you know, he did it, he did it with Granit Xhaka, he did it again. Um, it makes me sort of question the system, but it also makes me sort of think, you know, is, is it down to this personnel? Um, it, it happens far too often to us to become mm. just sort of a one-off. Do you know what I mean? Like a one-off, you can sort of get over and you can move on from that. But when it's happening on the regular, it's like we saw in the first half, you know, when David Luiz nearly gifting them a goal. We're just doing our best to fuck ourselves over uh, in games. You know, I, <laughs> I saw a really good tweet, actually. It said, you know, Arsenal beat Arsenal <laughs> on Thursday night, which really summed it up. I, I wanted to sort of go roll back a little bit, actually, and, and talk about the lineup. Because I feel like Thursday night was was arguably our biggest game of the season in terms of importance. Um, well, I certainly felt like that. I don't know if you guys w- would agree or not. Um, and I think it said a lot about, you know, what in terms of the 11 that Arteta picked, I think it says a lot about what he thinks is his strongest team. Yeah. All by William. Yeah. I'd have well, to you say that, yeah. but he's in there. No, he's in there. Uh, but one thing we've definitely known or what this season's taught is that Arteta, regardless of performance, rates William. Um, so, and he, he was in there through, you know, good good run up. You know, he's had a couple of good games. And I think we spoke about this on a previous pod where we said, look, you, it wouldn't vex you as much if Arteta put William in the starting 11 uh, on Thursday night after having a, you know, relatively good couple of games. Whereas, you know, if he'd stunk the place out again and he was in the starting lineup, you'd have a very different opinion of it. Um, and then moving on to, and I'm not going to talk about Spurs, but if you look at the lineup yesterday, he wasn't in it. So it's it's a tricky one. What is our strongest eleven right now? It's too hard to know what he would prefer because I think there's just so much, um, you know, fixture management going on with the squad at the minute. Because you know we it, we're still at a balancing act where, I mean, realistically, if I put it to you guys, where would you put all of your your eggs for the rest of the season? It's quite hard to answer. Would you put them all in Europa League basket or would you put them in the Premier League basket? Because when you look at what's left in Europa League, it's not straightforward. But then if you look at, you know, how the league table lies today, we're still 10th, by the way. <laughs> You've answered your own question there, haven't you? So How? Because yeah, we're 10th in the Premier League. So what's the priority? Obviously, the priority is the league, um, not the League Cup, is, is the Europa League. Not necessarily. I mean, if you look at the league table, we're 41 points. Um, we're 10th. That doesn't answer the question. It's the like, I, feel, I feel like we've had 41 points about a month now. 
Yeah, we've been tenth for what seems like an eternity. But if you look, you know, even up to to West Ham, there it's only seven points with ten games to go. I think the league's been so inconsistent. We've got to hang in there for as long as possible. If in three games' time we trail off again, very different. Um, that's when you'd start to focus on on possibly the Europa League a little bit more. But we've been consistently trailing off for weeks. Have we not? Every time we, we sort of put a run together, we fall off. So I don't agree. Okay. I think that's true for every team in the league, though. I think I saw a... I know I'm, I'm becoming a bit of the stats man here, but uh, I think I saw another interesting stat more a couple of weeks ago. But I think the only team who had put a run of more than four wins in a row was Man City. No other team had put five or more wins together in a row. Mm-hmm. Um, so you could argue the same of every team and um, uh, I, I said it to you yesterday in the group chat um, yeah we are 10th and that looks very very bad but if you look at the table look a bit more into that we're level on points with Villa alright Villa have a game in hand but their form is patching they seem to be on the downward slide mm-hmm. um, we're two behind Liverpool they're playing tonight um, which will give us what is it two games in hand or just a one be one game in hand after tonight yeah. and we're due to play them mm-hmm. uh, still we're four behind Spurs that, that, that's doable five behind Everton their form mm-hmm. is starting to turn a bit patchy we're seven behind West Ham um, and we're due to play them as well so did this take because last week after Burnley I'd have said all eggs go in the Europa League basket to answer your earlier question but mm. in the space of a week, I've changed my mind and it seems much more even footing. Mm. Um, but that the whole overarching point, I guess, is that this is how quick the table turns. And I don't think you can put all your eggs into any one basket. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's still too early. That's why I, I, I disagree with you both purely because I, I feel like after every Arsenal win, there's that sort of hope. It's the hope that kills you. And there's that belief. And it rains, mm. and every time we win, we think, oh, maybe we can, maybe we are good enough. And yeah. then we go to Burnley and we, you know, we, we essentially, you know, throw a game that we should have won for, for four or five nil and, and we're battling uh, for a one-all draw. So that's where I stand on it. Maybe I'm a little bit negative. I'd love to be proved wrong. I, you know, don't get me wrong. If, if we're sat in, in two months' time, we're sick from the league, then happy days. Um, we'll have a very good idea next week, won't we? We play West Ham this weekend coming. So, if you again, look, hypothetical, if you win it, if you lose, yeah, I'll be, I'll, be, I'll be right there next to you, Steve, I think, if we lose next week, because it's a must-win if you want to stay in contention. Oh, are we playing this Thursday? Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it'll be very interesting to see how we approach Thursday. You know, I feel like we've, mm-hmm. we've essentially got one foot, you know, in the next round. Yeah. We've, we've got a fully fit squad. There's going to be rotation. Um, yeah, I, I could see I, I, I could see us winning the next two, to be fair. I, I, think, I don't think West Ham are all that. Hmm. Yeah, I it. think West Ham are where they are through good merit. They, they've not lucked their way there. Um, yeah. That's the only thing I'll say on West Ham. I, I do think, though, we can prepare for it properly, given that we've given ourselves a very good opportunity getting through. You can start to bring in Martinelli, for example. You can start to rotate uh, Odegaard, give him a rest. I'm sure Saka might be rested. Uh, Party, whether Xhaka ever gets a rest, I don't know. But like you can start to rotate people out, give them a full week's rest ahead of West Ham. Mm. Um, so it gives us a chance, but West Ham aren't there by luck. But like that, 
they're there through merit. So moving on to the game we all want to talk about. As great as Olympiacos was, it was nothing on yesterday. Um, a fantastic North London derby victory for the Arsenal. Uh, a game that I think we were all a bit shitting it before. We all, we all went into the game with, you know, looking at that record against Mourinho, looking at a record against Tottenham in the last sort of, you know, five to six years. It's, it's not uh, that great. I think, I think before yesterday, it was only two wins against Mourinho. One of those was in the Community Shield, and uh, I think one of them was uh, when he was at Man United, you know, like a league game. Don't quote me on that. Yeah. I mean, 2-0. Yeah, you're the stat man. I was there for that game. That's why I remember. Uh, <laughs> Jacques has scored a deflected worldie, in air quotes, and uh, then about two minutes later, Welbeck. So before the game, they announced, you know, fully fit squad, which was like a first time this season, it felt like having, you know, no injuries, no no, no sort of uh, drama. Um and then Aubameyang was like, "Hold my beer, lads. <laughs> I'm going to be late. I'm going to be late, late for the game." And about an hour before the game, you know, it's announced that he's been dropped uh, from the team. How, how were you guys feeling in general uh, before the match? Yeah, we touched very briefly whilst we spoke Olympiakos of the Leno error and how we're shooting ourselves in the foot. And you just think, leading up to the games, like for God's sakes, the one game you don't want to do it against is you. You deathly right, your your bitterest rivals, right? Um, and when I saw the lineups come out, I thought it looked like Spurs had gone very strong. Like and Dombele sit next to Hoyberg and they've fit Lucasen alongside Bale, who remembered how to play football, Kane, who always scores, and Son, who's a handful for any team. Um, so yeah, I was worried. I was very, very worried. Yeah, I'd have to agree with that. I was <laughs> I'm always worried going into Tottenham, to be honest with you. Like when you're asking me what I thought about the game going into it, my response is always the same for that. Just don't lose. It's the only team I really, really, really never want to lose to, Um, which is strange because I don't really have any, you know, you associate this with mates taking the piss out of you or whatever. Don't really have that. Um, You know, it'd be worse probably to lose to United, but I don't know when you just approach Spurs, I just don't want to lose to them. Um, You just want to remain better than them at all times. I think that's what it ultimately boils down to. But you know, I think with their, you know, they turned their form around the last few weeks. Obviously, seeing, you know, the Aubameyang situation, him being dropped. Um, yeah, it was, you're just hoping for the best. Uh, I think that's how I could definitely put it down, you know, put it into that category. And, you know, I remember saying to you, Steve, before we were kind of a little bit surprised with some of this, obviously the Aubameyang situation. And then I think just seeing Odegaard and Smith Rowe together before was a surprise. I wasn't worried about it as such, but... It was a case of let's just see what the starting eleven can do. Because uh, I remember even before Olympiacos, we kind of said the similar thing, didn't we? There was a few surprises. We weren't annoyed with the selection necessarily, but we were like, it could be better. Um, but ultimately, sometimes as it always proves that having an opinion on the starting eleven can just be so pointless. I think Liam said this recently; he doesn't really care um, because you just it, it could be such a mute point. Come 90, at the end of ninety minutes, which yeah. thank God yesterday it was a case where it didn't it's, matter. It's quite funny on on Twitter. Um, it doesn't matter who we're playing. There's mm. always sort of like a, a little breakdown um, mm. before the game, like a mini meltdown. And then after the game, people sort of quote tweeting, going, "Oh, got it wrong. <laughs> Table for the team. Sorry, guys." Um, and I think that's why, in many ways, I sort of kind of refrain fr- from questioning the lineup. Um, I'm, I'm really, I really stand by my point. What I said about Thursday, I do feel like that's Arteta's preferred eleven. 
But then this sort of threw me a little bit because, you know, he brought Cedric back in. Maybe Arteta is trying to sort of figure out what, what, what works. Maybe this was sort of like, you know, the afterthought, you know, the priority was Thursday and, you know, this would be a bonus. I'm not, I'm not entirely sure. My theory is, or when I kind of pinched the theory from the Arsenal Vision podcast for anyone who listens to them as well. Um, and Clive uh, on there talks about how essentially we're operating with like two double tens. Uh, mm. So one is Odegaard and the other is Smith-Rowe. And we know Odegaard likes to hang to the right and Smith-Rowe, I think, through the academy hung to the left. And that really quite works. And you've got Saka who pushes a bit beyond them and joins usually Aubameyang, in this case Lacazette, as a, as a duo strike force. Um, so I found that to be really quite interesting, that theory. And the more I looked at it, the more I think that was right. Because when Willian did play, he wasn't hugging that left wing. He was tucked inside and Tierney was getting past him time and time again. So I think that was the natural way to go with bringing Smithrow in and having both Odegaard and Smithrow as these duo tens. Um, and I, and it tends, I think they're starting to work it out and it's working quite nicely for us. Mm. I think that's a really good point, actually. Sorry, sorry, Steve. I was just thinking, because even when you're looking at this 11 here, it's kind of like we, you know, when we're attacking the play, it's kind of like you go into a, you know, a three, two, four, one sort of formation with those double tens. Because Tierney is just that relentless up on the left, left-hand side. I mean, the kid was phenomenal again yesterday. And, you know, he kind of takes all that, that kind of space where Smith Rowe should be when you look at a lineup. But Smith Rowe's kind of tucking in a small beat. And then he's the link. Um, he can link with everybody, as we know. And, yeah, I think that's a really good point with the two tens, giving us more creativity. Can't You can't go wrong with that. Because we, we create... I think that's one of the great things since, you know, we go back to pre-Christmas. We just, we're just shocking going forward. Whereas now it's just like we've lost games, but... You know, you haven't just you don't come out of it downhearted or downbeat because you can see that we're actually we've progressed as a football side. Uh, we're definitely creating more chances. I'm so impressed with the midfield at the moment. Um, just like the 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 way we move the ball, the composure, just the kind of li- the little flicks, the little little movements off off and on the ball. Um, it's it's been super impressive, and we've come so far. Like you, we go back to before for Christmas when we started the pod, we were lucky to to maybe string a few passes together in the opposition's half. Whereas now we're, and we, and we, and we, we mentioned it last week actually about like, how often are we going into the games now and thinking, God, we are so comfortable. We, you know, it happened against Olympiacos, apart from like 10 minutes when party went off and there was yeah. the game opened up. But, you know, you, you look at Burnley, you, you look at yesterday, apart from the last 10 minutes, we're mm. so dominant in the games and we look so comfortable. And also, yeah, just touch upon what you, what you guys said about Tierney and, and Smith Rowe on that left. I thought he was fantastic yesterday. He was mm. so good. Um, and you, and you, you looked at the, the, the other side, but you've got Saka who had a quiet game, you know, but it's sort of like, you know, Jesus, we've got some real, real young talent and we're, we're very fortunate, fortunate to have that. A little bit, little bit concerning that Saka went off injured, apparently. I've not heard anything today about it, though. Apparently it was a, something, you know, a small injury, but they felt something in the hamstring, but I think like most, a lot of them came out and said, you know, he was slightly hobbling afterwards, but he looked in good spirits. That's always a good sign. Looks in good spirits. Um, I mean, it's hard not to be in good spirits. Yeah, I mean, he could have broken his arm. <laughs> yeah, yeah <laughs> exactly. he'd, be on, he'd be on the roof pulling the party first. Yeah. 
But I mean, look, it's, if he felt something and they've whipped him off straight away, that's what you want to see because we've been, again, as a club, not the best at doing that sort of stuff. Um, you know, you refer back to the reverse fixture of this game and look at what happened to Thomas Partey. You know, the desperate that was the desperate times we were in then. Um, but yeah, I, I just think it's, it's a really, going back to your starting 11 thing, um, I think this might be it, bar Aubameyang. I, I would have liked to have seen Aubameyang with, with Odegaard and Smith-Rowe behind him. Because um, I, I think when you look at how good Emma Smith-Rowe was yesterday again and how unlucky he was not to score, but when he came off and William replaced him, it was no, a noticeable difference. Game completely changed, didn't it, when William came on? We lost that full momentum. Um, we were, And, you know, the last 10 minutes felt like, you know, we were the team with 10 men. Um, it was a strange, wasn't it? Like, um, I thought, like, the Lacazette-Aubameyang thing, you know, Arteta has his reasons and, you know, we, we, we won the game. So it's sort of like, you know, we, we can take it and we can move on from it. it had we have lost the game, it would be a you know, huge talking point. Um, listen, I, I, I like Lacazette. I've, I've, we've often yeah. moaned about him on here and we've said that we don't feel like he's necessarily... We do feel like we need someone who is probably that next level. I feel like in terms of goals, hmm. he, doesn't, he doesn't produce enough goals. Um but ultimately, he doesn't take his chances. Like yesterday, again, just not good enough for him to goal. Um, I really like his hold-up play, and I think he works well with Odegaard and Smith-Rowe and Saka. Mm. I think the way they sort of move the ball around, it, that works really well. But it's just that finishing. It's just, come on. Like, even the penalty that he won. Mm. Um, the, I, I want to ask you guys about that in a minute. But the penalty that he won, he completely slices the ball. And it's like, come on. Like, there was that one in the first half that he put in the corner flag. And you watch it back and you think, that is a golden chance. And then he st- then he just stepped over the ball for the second one. And then he moans, at, like, you know, there's no one behind him. And then he and then he gets another one. He slices it. <laughs> Unfortunately, whoever it is for Tottenham thinks like, yeah, tries to rugby tackle him to the floor. Yeah. That was one of those games for him yesterday, I thought. Um, I'd love to know your opinion on it, Liam, with your, your tactical head on. But... I thought he was pretty pretty poor, to be honest with you, yesterday. I don't think that was his best show in an Arsenal shirt. For... We definitely need an upgrade. Um, because let's be honest, Aubameyang doesn't like playing down the middle. He likes playing out on the wing. So, you know, we need like a proper number nine, 20 goals a season. He's going to be the difference in these games. Because right now, we're like, where, where we're losing games by five margins, it's not for the want of creating chances. You know, before Christmas, it was like, we can't score. We can't create anything. We're creating them now. We're just not taking them. Hmm. Yep, totally with you guys. Um, like I said, it was probably one of the only players who had a poor game yesterday, if I'm honest. Um, and yeah, simply put, you're right, need an upgrade. It kind of, I feel like we might want a combination of Aubameyang, that movement, that goal threat, and Lacazette, the, the doing the donkey work in the, you know, sticking your ass into people and occupying centre-backs and being a nuisance so that the guys behind him can run freely and cause havoc in other areas. Mm. Um, I, I would love us to see someone get somebody like Odson Edward from Celtic, I really rate quite highly, but someone who's going to, to work, has a, bit, has a presence, a personality to them, but is ultimately a big goal threat because his movement's good. good he, he's a workhorse, isn't he? That's what I really like about him. Like, you can't knock his effort. Um, no, not at all. But it's just his fault. It's, I don't know. I mean, he's definitely got it in him. You, see, you look at some of his finishes, some, they're sublime. Um, you look at his goal last season uh, against Tottenham, it was like an absolute rocket from outside the area. Um, but 
it's strange, isn't it, how he just sort of goes missing. Seems to be, to be the way both our strikers. Could we, how many times have we said that about Bamiang as well? Like if he's not involved, then he's anonymous. Um, I think you're spot on whoever decides. I wasn't quite paying full attention. Whoever said that we need a blend of the two would be ideal, I think. The one thing that was always let Lacazette down, and I've said, I've said this a few times on the pod, and this, he just doesn't have any pace. It's not very quick. Um, I think when you want to play the number nine, you need to be able to, you know, not just hold the ball up, you want to be able to run in behind as well and work the channels. Um, yeah, it'd be interesting. I like Ed- Edison Odwar as well. Uh, I think he could be a very good sign. I used to work with this guy a few years back. He was a French lad from Paris and he was... You know, probably more obsessed with PSG than we are Arsenal combined. So that'll give you an idea of the sort of bloke he was. And I remember watching, I think we just so bored one evening. We ended up watching this under 17s game that he wanted to watch PSG against someone. And he told, I remember he pointed out this lad. It might have even been an under 17s championship actually, because he was playing for France. And I remember he saying that he's coming through the, the youth at PSG and how good he, he, he just raved about him. He said he's going to be the next best thing and how amazing he was. And Look, he's not at PSG anymore, so it's up for debate. But look, he's doing he's doing bits up in in Scotland, um, so he's doing all right and keeps in, the, in the Sunday league in the Sunday league league. The, well, look, <laughs> I'd get a game of this about Tierney, though. <laughs> we, we could have said this about Tierney coming down. I'd get a game of that, and I haven't played football in ten years. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding, just kidding. I'm sure, I'm sure. You listen, you know. I think it's definitely. Well, how, how about Martinelli? You know, that, that that's sort of an obvious one that we sort of will forget because he, he can't, you know, get a get a game at the moment. Can't even get him. He wasn't even in the squad yesterday. Mm. So. Yeah, I like Marseille. He's a bit unpolished. I, I think he... I mean, and you need multiple options as well. Like, if we're thinking we'll try and sell Lacazette on in the summer, whether we do or not, it's another question. Uh, and then Aubameyang's uh, ageing and got another couple of years max at the club. Uh, Eddie and Ketter, we don't think it's good enough. God knows what's happening with Balogun. We can't have them one striker. You're going to need options. Uh, I, I love Martinelli. I think he needs a bit more polishing, um, a bit of refinement. But I like him as a striker as well because um, I think he's got that Aubameyang type movement in him. But the perk mm. is he's very good in the air um, and he provides that option. So, yeah, I, I'm with you on Martinelli as well. But I would still get a second striker because you need options. Just touching upon um, Balogun, did you see the like the youth team got, got hammered 3 0 to Blackburn? Blackburn. Like, so yeah. funny when you get always, when we were going through the crisis, the crisis, the crisis before Christmas, everyone's like, get Balogun in, he's he's a savior. Probably not gonna, he probably wasn't. <laughs> he was playing out of position, in all fairness, because I think Inketia started and so did Nelson as well. Um, I don't, so I if don't... you're gonna point fingers, I'll point fingers at them before I point fingers at Balogun, but he also played on the left, not as a dead centre striker, if I've read it rightly on Twitter. We've all seen Nketiah enough at this point where, and Liam said it, I think we definitely discussed it, uh, Steve, before as well. I don't see him being a future number nine or, you know, spearheading an Arsenal attack. I just just don't see it. Um, And with that in mind, I would have definitely preferred to see Balogun given a bit more shot, especially in the group stages of the Europa League just why not um, but look at the end of the day he's, he's so young he seems incredibly arrogant we, you know with some of the stuff he came out with earlier this season um, you, 
it's just one of those situations where you're never going to know with him. Um, he's, he's never Emmanuel Frimpong thinks he's the thinks he's the bee's knees oh God, like nineteen. Do you remember him? He he like the dench guy. Fuck yeah. me. He had a picture in the back of his car of like him like headbutting Sammy Nasri. Sent off against Liverpool, didn't he, in one of his early Premier League games yeah. when he got the chance? He came through like Jack Wilshere, that sort of batch of players. Yeah, um, yeah. But uh, going back to what you're saying, I think you're absolutely right. Um, and uh, and the same for Nelson. Like we, people talk about Nelson, he's a good footballer by mm. all means. But mm. you know, where where do we want to be as Arsenal? We aspire to be challenging, you know, winning trophies. Mm. It's not going to happen with him and the team. And same with the same with Eddie and Kaya. Um, and like, and uh, I'd even go as far as like play people like Joe Willock. That's not good enough. Like the, mm. the standard is so high. Uh, mm. And you look at sort of Saka and then Will Smith Rowe, you know, and these guys are, are a similar age. They're sort of setting a precedent and they are so far ahead of, of, yeah. you know, uh, of the other lads. So, yeah, whilst we're on this tangent, I guess, um, I just wanted to also add that I quite like that Willock's taking the opportunity to go out on loan and he's got a good loan over at Newcastle. He seems to be playing quite well from some of the, the, the compilations I've seen. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, they're highlights packages, so I don't see the full 90. Um, but he's looking like he's doing well. But that's good for him. Like, Nelson has refused to loan to the championship. When actually, that had been really good for him. It, mm-hmm. it re- benefits for Smith Rowe. It's hopefully looking like... And I rate Willock higher than a lot of people. Um, but it's reaping ben- it hopefully is going to reap benefits for, for Willock too. It's such a shame that Nelson didn't take that opportunity, in my opinion. And that's disappointed me i mean you look back to like jack wilshire when he went out to uh, bolton and it, it was so it was so good for him uh and you need that like they, you know even the professionals say having a year or two in the championship it really hardens you up i think he'll be another case of you know give it a year or two down the line he'll be gone flogging to germany maybe he'll become something but he's not doing it over here and another surge again yeah. yeah, maybe he is but at the same time like if he's not doing it over here you, you can't keep him around and keep him on the wage books. He might become a Nabry. He also might equally become, a, a, I don't know, a Thomas Eisfeld or somebody. Um, okay. a, a Fran Marida. I remember yeah. Fran Marida. I was at yeah. Bolton when he scored once. He was like rated as an the worldy, And then he left. Yeah. Anyway, getting back to the game. Uh, let's, let's just get into the game itself. Um, once again, I thought, we, you know, fantastic performance from the team. Uh, as we said before, we, we dominated for 80 minutes. And it wasn't until the sending off uh, and Willian came on. I'm not, I don't think it was necessarily on Willian, but that last 10 minutes, we sort of, everything went to shit a bit, didn't it? Um, you know, where, where when Lamella was sent off, I sort of felt like, you know, it was going to be, you know, us sort of controlling the game uh, and seeing it out, whereas it was completely the opposite. We were sort of kind of running around with our tail between our legs a little bit. Yeah. I, I really liked the way we started the game. The way we, from the off, we were pinging balls in behind their fullbacks and turning them, and that sort of set the tempo. And that says to the likes of Bale, who had a really poor game for Spurs, that says to him, "We're going in behind. Either you try and track and help your teammate out, or you're going to leave him on your own and going to get exposed." Um, we dealt with Bale perfectly. We dealt with Kane perfectly. We asked questions of Doherty and Reguilon. Um, and we got a lot of joy out of it by forcing them back and doing it early, making a statement early on in the game that says, we're not, t- we're not lying down. Well, this is what we're going to do, try and deal with it. 
Um, and that was the tempo throughout the entire game. The Spurs didn't wake up to it. Um, we really should have been far ahead uh, from, I mean, Christ knows how they even scored a goal, let alone went into the lead. But we should have been well ahead, well, well ahead before 80 minutes turned up. God, that, that goal, we're not even going to talk about it. It was fucking fluky and they can fuck off. <laughs> and you know what's great about it is, you know, they, they can talk about it as a great goal, but, but it will always be the game that they lost. So great goals. And he got sent goal. off. Yeah. yeah. Did you watch Match of the Day too last night? No, and I Jermaine... never watched Match of the Day. Okay, well, you <laughs> might I seen, can if I want to. But... You might have seen uh, Jermaine Genius was absolutely fucking fuming last night and he was talking about Lamella. And he was talking about the penalty and he was saying, oh, Lamella should never have been sent off. And I was thinking, are you mad? The guy should have had about four yellow cards. Honestly, what a fucking... He was, lucky not, to get, he was lucky not to get straight red for the for the second yellow as well. Absolutely. Really lucky. He also tweeted out, um, Genesis, about VAR. And I'm thinking, check out Harry Kane. We've seen that the clip of him taking oh. out Gabriel. Oh, disgusting. He is, I fucking hate Harry Kane. He's such a dirty prick. And... Oh, you know, it made me so fucking glad when he had his fucking shot at the post and it was cleared off the line from Gabriel. Have that, you fucking big nose cunt. <laughs> Honestly. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree with you, mate. He's, a, he's a, one of these lads. We've seen it in years gone by. I think they were talking about it on the last cast uh, podcast earlier on about how, like, because he's England captain, he gets away with it. Shearer had similar treatment. He, was a, he had a dirty side to him as well, to be honest. But yeah, I was actually talking with a colleague at work earlier on. I was just saying, you know, how many times... Have we seen Harry Kane eye up a player who's going to go for a header, don't jump the header, and then just leans himself into it and clatters the guy mid-air, which is incredibly fucking dangerous. Like, you can be, you know, rugby, obviously, you're cited for that and you'll be sent off for violent conduct because it's just so dangerous. Where he's it just all the time, doesn't he? Doesn't, and doesn't, mm-hmm. just gets away with it. Exactly. Um, but, fuck it, yeah, we can laugh at him at the end of the day. Yeah, uh, no, absolutely. Fuck I can't him. exactly call him a big nose cunt because, unfortunately, I'm one of those myself. Well, I've got a big nose, so I can sort of say <laughs> it. It's like, well, I am one of, I am one too, so, you know. I do, I do think, well, you know, back to what Liam said, our start was brilliant. We put the foot down, we stamped our authority on it straight away, which is what I really, really enjoyed to see because it's something... That you definitely want to see in a, in a derby game is a stamp out, especially when you're at home, is put authority on the game and take it to them. Um, and we, abs- you know, Doherty had a, a nightmare of a game at right back for them. I thought we just, you know, Tierney and Smith, Rowe, we talked about already, down that left-hand side, were just linking up like a dream. They pulled his pants down all game. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and we, just, we saw that was the weak spot and kept going for it. Um, you know, Regulon's not a bad left-back, to be fair to him. Um, but... The one thing that was really annoying, and it was, I'm sure you guys probably felt it when we went 1-0 down, it was the inevitable kind of feeling of, you know, we're on top, we've missed chances. And then that was the first time they even got remotely near our goal. Correct me if I'm wrong. And look, mm-hmm. I'll be, I, I can say it happily because we did win. It was a good finish. It was a cheeky finish. If I would have seen one of our players do that, I would have been, yeah, I would have been uh, bigging it up. left. Stop, right. big, stop bigging it up. No, I can big it up though because we fucking won, and that's all that matters. No, I know that's true. Um, I, I do think, like, yeah, had we not scored before time, it's oh, we're fucked. You go into yeah. you go into half time, mm-hmm. just gonna sit deep all game. Whereas that goal, sort of, you know, Tottenham had to sort of you know, they couldn't rely on the spark of the bus, they had to come out. And and I thought we dealt with the second half really well, apart from that last bit, which we I mentioned before. Um, it, we were completely dominant, yeah, we were. No, we're dominant throughout. And like you said, you know, Smith Rowe hit the bar. Uh, Lack has had a few few sniffs as well. And even even when we did 
take the goal. I thought the response was class, to be honest with you. That's exactly, again, exactly what I want to see from your team is no one's head drops. We kept doing the same things because it was working. And, you know, it's nice to see that the players and, and obviously the coaching staff on the side, I'm sure, relayed it on. But the message was clear. It was, look, guys, you've been sucker punched. Keep going. Um, you take a sucker punch like that and it knocks the wind out of you for a minute. But, you know, sometimes you should be able to see yourself as a player or someone just to point it out to you that you're on top. You're absolutely battering them. Uh, you've just been sucker punched and just keep, keep doing the same thing. You've not done anything wrong there. Uh, so it was good to see that response for sure. Me and Liam talked a few weeks ago on the pod about Arsenal's inability to come from behind. We, we just keep doing it for fun now. <laughs> every time, yeah. Obviously, yeah. since then, every single game. Yeah. Which is great, though. That we're, 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 you know, we're sort of, I guess it's maybe it's a mentality thing um, that we're able to do that. Um, even though it's like Olympiacos, when we sort of concede that goal against the run of play, um, we're like a mad 10 minutes and then we sort of compose ourselves and got back into the game and, you know, we went in to score two more goals. So, I think in that sense, we've definitely turned a massive corner. Um, and I think having like like sort of like Thomas Pye in the midfield, you know what? I get so much Vieira from him. He just gives me Vieira vibes. I absolutely yeah. love him. I thought, I thought apart, apart from the end where, do you, do you see that bit where like David Luiz had a massive go at him uh, when he sort of, he, he, he passed it to him and he passed, he passed it out for a corner and you could pick up, because obviously I, uh, there was no crowd sound. Yeah, you could hear him like Devil Louise was on the right fucking go at him. Uh, and he, he did give away a few like sloppy free kicks at the end. But apart from that, I thought he was fantastic. He's such a beast in the midfield and he, he just sort of lifts Jacker's game up. Yeah. With, with Party, I'm not even worried about that last 10, 20 minutes or so because I think that's a fitness issue. That's, that's not a quality issue. I mean, there's qualities there for everyone to see. And it's not just that he can play a good pass, it's the, it's the, the immense variety of, of things that he can do that are just in his locker. He can float one over the top. He mm. can whip it round the corners. He can play it along the floor or in the air. And he can just manipulate the ball in so many ways and it causes so many problems. And as an opposition player, when you see somebody can do so many things, you don't know whether to stick or twist. And that is only beneficial to us who have, who have that player because you inevitably end up getting that freedom to pick one of the options. And because he's got somebody in his locker, he goes on to pick whichever one is best suited for the situation. And that's the other thing. He, he picks the right one 90% of the time. He might not always get it right. That, that's one thing. But he picks the option that he should be going for and forces opposition players to think. Yeah. Love it. Intent, his intent's in the right place. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. And I completely agree, Steve. I, th I think I know, we probably all noticed it from the first time he strode out in an Arsenal shirt. Once he gets going, he does have those Vieira esque qualities. I think it's his ability to turn and shrug people off, is where you're probably feeling that. Because you see it, it's the, the leggy it's kind his body of arms yeah. out. It is so He's similar. And I know, look, we as football fans, we always project. You know, past players, or this is the new this person, or this is the new that. We, you know, we do it all the time. Or if we get a new sign in there, then the next whoever. Look, I never expected him to come in and be the next Patrick Vieira, but fuck me, is it nice to see when you just see a lad in the middle, in midfield, just bossing it, just throwing his weight around, but doing it in the right times, making the right decisions. How many times have we seen, you know, like you just said, Liam, how many times have we seen him just try to play? 
that pass, whether it's successfully or not, but it's a forward pass. It's trying to, it's noticing the gaps in, you know, in, in the play where we can go and exploit teams on the break. And we haven't had, you know, we've had Zaka mainly being that guy to receive the ball. And we know what you get with Zaka. It's a, it's too slow. Um, he'll play it sideways. We'll go back with safety first. Whereas I really love the fact that party takes, takes the risk. Someone and how he, and how easy does he make it look as well? I mean, mm. He makes it look like he's not even trying sometimes. He's just that good. He's so effortless in the way he, he beats a man and he turns, he drops his shoulder and he just skips past. He makes you think it's there to be one and then takes it off you again. Mm. Um, I, I can watch him play football all day. It's up, he's utterly brilliant. He really is. I, I can't wait to actually get into the ground and watch him. I think he'll be very, like, I mean, he's popular with the fans now, but I feel like, you know, He's going to be someone that the fans are going to love uh, even more as time goes by. Is he? Is, was he number five at uh, Atletico? Yes, that's his number, isn't it? I, I imagine he'll get five this summer. Once uh, Socrates is gone, permission, guys, to to tangent here. Because <laughs> why, why not? When I'm thinking of um, Thomas Party coming into our side, and then you're talking around. You know, the fans will love him, etc. You know, I can't wait to watch him in the ground. Just speaking of fans not being in the stadium still, you know, we'll have a couple of a couple of games by the looks of it at the end of the season where we will have some some fans. But how do you lads kind of feel like with the absence of fans through this season for our football club in particular, do you think that's gonna be beneficial in the long term or do you think that was a hindrance? I, the reason I asked, I just find it's a quite an interesting subject because the team would have been getting battered before Christmas, right? Big time. Uh, I just thought, I'd just love to know your kind of thoughts. Like, how do you think our season would be like? If I know it's a stupid pointless conversation, but... I don't think it would have got so bad had the fans been there. I think there would have been a bigger reaction. Mm. I mean, I'm clutching at straws. I mean, it's it's all ifs and buts. Um, yeah. I, I also don't know if Mikel Arteta would still be in his job. If you, if you think about mm. how bad it got with with um, Unai Emery and it, and we and to be honest we we weren't doing that bad under him it yeah. never got us you know we weren't sat above the relegation zone so yeah Liam uh, I think it's a benefit that there haven't been fans because I think it's allowed us to concentrate on our game I mean how many times did we get so seriously anxious every single time Czech tried to pass out from the pack right and that's what got ingrained into us. Um, I, I was terrified watching it on TV, let alone watching us try and do it in a stadium. And I think just not having those fans is a, just taking that bit of pressure off. Because yeah. as soon as you hear a fan go, oh, I'm a bit, you feel that anxiety and that doesn't yeah. help your performance. So it's allowed us to just settle and work on it. And we've now developed these patterns that we can use with fans in the stadium. So I can only see that as a long-term benefit. I think that Willian has definitely um, done well having no fans in the ground. Yeah, He's definitely had a free pass all season. Possibly, but then you, there's also an argument that fans in the stadium actually benefit the players because somebody like Aubameyang, for example, is a sort of player who thrives on that um, that energetic kind of environment. He's absolutely he just loves it, loves playing in front of the fans and loves being immersed in that kind of electric kind of atmosphere. Uh, yeah, I know, Emirates, electric, right? Um, but so there are benefits, obviously, 
to having fans at the stadium and that might benefit some, maybe it benefits Willian and he's struggling without fans. I don't know. Um, I think it's allowed us to develop our patterns of play that we sorely, sorely needed to develop. And then when we get the fans back, they'll hopefully it's a, it spurs us on in the moments where we look a bit flat. Yeah. Yeah. No, definitely. I think, I mean, listen, we've all played football, you know, we, we've all had those days. I mean, it's not sort of nowhere near the level, but we've, we've all had those days where it's like, you know, you can't be bothered. And you're like, oh, literally, you're on the pitch thinking, this is not where I want to be today. And they're only human as well. And I think not having the crowd there at all must be a, a little sometimes deflating. And it must be hard to get in the right frame of mind, which sounds ridiculous because, you know, they, they paid a lot of money uh, you know, to wear the shirt and, and to do what they do. And they're very mm. lucky to do it. But you're going to have off days. And I think uh, not having fans will play a big part in that. Um, I, I just wanted to get back to the game quickly and finish up on the match and, and talk to you guys about the penalty. Because the more I watch it, the more I sort of feel like, oh, I'm not sure. I mean, I think if that's anywhere else on the field, it's a foul. So in, in that context, it's a penalty. But at the same time, you watch it and you think, oh, do you know what I mean? I'm, I'm, I am on the fence. I think it is a foul, but it's, I think it's a soft penalty. And I was and I was quite surprised that VAR didn't send him to the screen. Can I just say that you said you're sitting on the fence? It's my favourite place, Steve. Come and join me on the fence, my friend. <laughs> I've, got um... a sore, I've got a sore back and arse already. <laughs> oh, yeah, imagine how mine is. I'm always on the fence. But no, much like you, I'm kind of on the on the same mindset a little bit. I mean, look, does Lacazette's left foot probably make contact with the player? Possibly. I, to be honest with you, fuck it. It's the one time I'm going to say, do you know what? We, we've deserved that call lately. You know, we, we used to talk about swings and roundabouts when it comes to football decisions before VAR. I think that's a clear show and that you can still get it when it comes to VAR. Um, we, you know, we've spoke on this point often about how decisions have gone against us. Do you know what? It's about time one went our way. So... I'm kind of of the opinion, the game that it was, what it ended up doing for us, the amount of shit we've had go against us lately, it's our turn. Fuck them. Yeah. And we couldn't and, and and we couldn't have picked a better opponents to do it against. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> Liam, what was your thoughts on it, mate? Uh I thought it was Stonewall. As Stonewall opponent as they come. I really, really do. I I'm trying to leave my bias of being Arsenal behind. And you know, I mentioned here a few times I'm autistic, so that's that's easier for me than most other people as well. Um <laughs> I really think it's a Steinwall penalty. I've only seen two arguments against. One, that Lacazette goes into Sanchez. Uh, I'm sorry, but Sanchez's leg should not be that high in, in any circumstance. I know he's trying to block the ball, but mm. his leg shouldn't be that high and he's got his studs up. Yeah. Uh, secondly, I don't care where the ball is because the other argument is, oh, he sliced a shot. Uh, so doesn't matter mm. whether he impedes the player or not. not uh, we might as well. Well, it's an off. It, there's no rule in the in the rule book that has anything to do with proximity to the football when it comes to tackling. Um, it doesn't matter if you commit a foul and you foul. He's got his studs up. He's high and he catches his ankle. Uh, I don't care where the football is. That's a penalty or a free kick wherever it is on the pitch. Whatever the circumstance, I, I yeah. can't see it any other way than that. That's a good point because instantly when you're talking about that, what I think of and how many penalties I've seen, I mean, guys, I'm sure you can probably, I think San, Alexis Sanchez would have done one for us, Jamie Vardy. There's a few that come to mind anyway for me where you think a player's through on goal and he knocks it past the keeper on the floor. Now, he could knock it 
out of play even. I've seen it happen where, you know, strikers kicked it effectively out of play and then the keepers wiped him out and you get the penalty. It's the same sort of situation, I guess. Like, just because... You just can't ball, do it. Yeah, you just can't do it. Because like Steve said, I think, yeah, any other anywhere else on the pitch, it's a free kick. Like you said, his yeah. boot was very high. It um, says in the rule book that you cannot do that. And if you do that to an opponent, it's a foul. So why does it suddenly matter that Lacazette sliced the shot or his leg just happens to be in, in the spot it is? Sanchez in the rule book, the rule book says Sanchez is not allowed to do that. Fuck where the ball is. He's not allowed to do it. Therefore, it's a foul. It's in the box. Therefore, it's a penalty. Penalty. No, I, I definitely... Simple as that. Yeah, no, I get what you're saying. I think, yeah, no. Like, like I said before, I think if that is anywhere else in the field, you give a foul. Um, and you know what? The fact that Jose Mourinho is so upset and salty makes it all the better. Um, Love it. Love, yeah, I, I've literally, I've just got to say, I'm just sending a quick text to someone here. Just watch you. And as soon as you said about me, Mourinho being salty, I'm instantly just looked up and I'm smiling because, yeah. So angry. Um, it, made, it, did, it did make a good point, though. He said, you know, where are the referees? Which I, which I sort of do agree with on that one. I'd like, I would like to see uh, the referees come out again. But that's another conversation for another time. So he can fuck off. We won the North London Derby. Yeah. And yeah, all good. All good. So, listener, now for my favourite part of the episode. Uh, on this day, so we're not going back that far this week. We're only going back as far as 2018. So on this day, on the 15th of March 2018, Arsenal played AC Milan in the round of 16 second leg. Um, on the night, it was 3-1. We won 5-1 on aggregate. But can both of you name the 11 Arsenal players who played that night? We're not going back that far, Calvin. So, Almunia. <laughs> <laughs> Was it was it was oh. Oleg was Oleg in the team? <laughs> oh, Rami right. Shabam, Rami Shabam, Rami Shabam. Manone. So how we're going to do it is um, we're going to go to Liam first, and Liam's basically <laughs> Liam's going to give me the give right care. answer. Yeah, it just gives me the answers. Yeah, then Calvin's going to go. Ooh, I was going to say him as well. Yeah. So yeah, honest. The formation is a four-two-three-one, uh, and to give you a little clue. I uh, want to. Oh, there are only two current players in our starting eleven. That's good news. Uh, there's a few. On, there's a few on the bench though. So, Liam, I'm gonna kick it off. Who was in goal? Oh, I'm stuck between two. Um, I'll give you fifth, it gives you a fifty percent chance. Yeah, uh, uh, I think I have to go with Czech. Oh, must be. Must be Czech. Is it a spinner? <laughs> it's a spinner. Yes. That's I was going between for. them two. I couldn't remember if Espina had left yet or not. Unfortunately, not. Calvin, you actually you didn't actually say anything then. I didn't, but I, my only one I was going to go for is David Espina. Yeah, he was nodding. We've got a little camera. Yeah. I can see he was nodding. Thanks, away. Liam. Thanks for having me. I mean, I did see that, I'm but the, list, the listeners probably thinking, "Oh, what about Calvin?" I was hoping he was going to say, like, you know, um, <laughs> Almunia. Was it Richard Wright? <laughs> okay. So, yeah, uh, it was a spinner. So, we'll go for full backs. We uh, want each, otherwise, I'm just getting a free pass here. Bellerin, right back. <laughs> yeah, that was the one I was going to say Bellerin at right back. Okay, left back. Calvin, you can go first for left back. Shit the bed. No, shit the bed was not on the Arsenal squad that night. <laughs> um, what is he? Whenever we do this, literally, my mind it's like just three, goes. So it's like three years ago. 
Was it Ashley Cole? No, it was Gail Clichy. <laughs> That's on, not, I think I know who it might have been. Oh, left back. You have to hurry, yeah. Liam, uh, you can have a go. I can't even think of any left backs. Okay. Two years ago. Monreal? Must be oh, Monreal. Spot on. Monreal. Yeah. yeah. Couldn't think Bellerin, of any other left backs. Bellerin and Monreal. So centre halves. Joni. It's one. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Good shout. I'm going to go. Another. I'm going to stick my neck on a line with Gabrielle. The old one. Okay. Liam? No, Mustafi. Yeah, it was Mustafi. Where, where happened to that Gabriel? He went back to Blend Spain. Did. He went to Blend Spain, Blend didn't it. he? I think that was long before. I think it was like even a couple of years before. Do you guys remember that player called like Perez? We had Perez. Lucas Perez. Lucas Perez. Yeah, I really liked him. Really <laughs> that was. He went back to Deportivo, I think, didn't he? Mm. Okay. So, so in, in holding midfield, who have we got? Mm. Granite. <laughs> Yeah, the present man. Are you both saying granite? Mm, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Granite jacket, correct. Who is he with? Mohammed. Okay. It's a shout. I was thinking maybe Cockland, but I think he might have left as well. I'll go Cockland. It's a good guess. Uh, it was uh, Aaron Ramsey. Aaron Ramsey. Oh, Aaron Ramsey. Thought he'd be further forward. Yeah. Okay. We got a front four, so we got three behind, one in the front. Uh, so who do you think? Who's your three? Messer in the middle of the three. Just, just give me your three. Well, is that I, I, is that right or wrong? Well, I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> That's a knock-on effect to my next couple of answers. No. <laughs> um, I can think of two, Theo but Walker? I can't think of a no. third. Theo. So who are you going for? Going... Theo. Dear Awobi, Theo, and Ozil. Oh, give me an idea. Okay. Iwobi, Theo, and Ozil. Ozil. I'll go Iwobi, Ozil, and Mkhitaryan. Okay. Oh, Ooh, so, drum roll, please. It was Ozil. Yeah. Mkhitaryan. Ah. Wilshire. What? Oh, okay. Jackie uh, Wilsh. So, um, yeah. Strange. And then who was at front? Lone striker. Olivier Giroud. Lacazette? Danny Welbeck. I'm fucking going to say Danny Welbeck. <laughs> um, I had him off in the back of my mind, but I, I thought he went strong. Do you want to oh. take a shot at the, at the bench? No. <laughs> Struggle no. enough with this. We're asking a lot of that. I'll tell you, so on, on the bench, it was Iwobi, Chambers, Maitland-Niles, Kalazanac, Czech, Alneni, and Nkeya. Uh, Alneni, Klasenac and Chambers came on as subs. You know what? You, you're looking at that team. You look at sort of Enketia, Maitland-Niles, Chambers, uh, Alneni. They've been around. For, oh, they've been around for a long time. These lads, yeah. and they've never really sort of. It's very much like a Theo Walcott situation. They're there, but they've never sort of progressed to that next level, have they? Well, um, oh, Alneni was with us in the Champions League, scoring the worldies again at the new Camp. He's been around. A, how long ago was that? That is a terrible eleven. That is a crap eleven. Not great, is it? One thing that really pleased me there, though, guys, was it didn't actually when I heard his name because it's just a horrible name, but Mustafi. But let's make a positive out of that. Did everybody see his own goal at the weekend? <laughs> yeah, I oh saw it briefly today on Twitter. He he's such a shit house. Did you see that him and like Socrates? No, it was not Socrates. It was him and um, 
Lazanac were like leading a, a revolt yeah. against the manager. Honestly, yeah, and Huntelaar as well. Three new players have all gone. Now nah, this manager's crap. As soon as they walked in the door, <laughs> absolute shit house. Honestly, cannot stand the bloke. And I think the fact that we've got rid of him, him, uh, Erzul, poisonous, poisonous to the core. They were um, really clicky as well, weren't they? Apparently, yeah. those two. Just quickly ending on this one. Uh, Welbeck scored twice that night, and Xhaka scored as well. So, I couldn't remember the goal scorers. I was trying to. Th- I remember Chalnoglu scored a worldie, didn't he? I think. Yeah, it was. I couldn't remember for the yeah. life of me anything Chinoglu. else from that game. I pronounce it. I don't really remember that game, if I'm honest. V- I, can't. I remember he scored a worldie, and that was it. This was Wenger's last season, right? No. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Oh, yeah, 20... yeah we, it was quarterfinals, and we went through to the semis against Atletico. Lost in the semi. Yeah, oh, God, that was yeah. such a if shame. I remember rightly. Yeah, yeah. we'd have won it that year. Unfortunately, just a quick one. Do you guys fancy this year in the Europa League? I do. I re- I think we could go all the way. Why not? We're in the quarters now, right? Are we in the quarters now? I think so. Yeah. Oh well, no, we're last sixteen because it was around of thirty-two, wasn't it? No, we're in the last sixteen. Quarters and next. Uh, is this quarterfinals? No, I just uh, thought of it for a minute, but now we're around behind. There's an the extra. There's an extra round. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I think we'll make the quarters and that's a good place to be because once you start to get to the quarters, that's when you start to feel like you can get there. Mm. Um, but I think there is still a lot of good teams. There's Ajax are in there, Roma, uh, Milan or United, mm-hmm. Spurs uh, over two legs could be tricky yeah. as, much as, I, as much as what we've discussed. Um I'd love us to see if we could get quarterfinal draw against somebody kind like one of Granada or Molder. Mm. Uh, Molder, we've already beaten twice quite comfortably, for example. Mm. Uh, then I'll really start to feel it. But if we draw, if we get the winners of United Milan in the next round, uh, mm. I'll be less so sure. You know what? I, over like, if it was like a one off game, you worry, but over two legs, I, I do fancy us. Um, and I think I think I think Milan might knock United out. They got like a last-minute equaliser, didn't they? Yeah, um, yeah. So for them yeah, to Tottenham would be horrible. A lot of Arsenal fans are saying, "Oh, love Spurs in the final." That would not the be out. And if we lost that, I think I'd have to sort of just delete everything. Yeah, just yeah. But <laughs> disappear for six months. I'd tell, I'd tell you my entire football shirt collection then, Steve. That's for sure. Literally, no problem. Fucking out. I mean, I could, I, I, I could bet. I could. Probably just about bare losing to them in the semis, but not a final. I can bear losing to them in any game. Well, no, I couldn't. But, you know, in the grand scheme of things, people say, oh, yeah, let's beat them in the final. No, not a chance. Imagine that game game last night in the final of the Europa League, that last 10 minutes. No, just just, just no. (laughs) Mate, the last year, you know, living has aged me long enough. I think if we had to endure that before coronavirus buggers off, I think I might as well just call it a day. Calvin used to have gridlocks before uh, COVID. His hair's all gone. (laughs) He wears a hat. (laughs) I'm always wearing a hat, mate, because my hair's just got ridiculous. He used to have a big big bushy beard. (laughs) Big bushy beard. A big bushy beard. I do, I agree with you, Liam, like... I don't know what to make of the Europa League right now. Last round of 16. Let's see how see how the draw goes, isn't it? We obviously look, I think we've won one one foot in the uh in this in the next round. I can't look. Can you see us losing by three goals? No. Can you see us not scoring? They're better not as well, because it's my birthday on Thursday, and I could not bear that. Like, if we somehow manage to fuck that up, that's one way to ruin the birthday. Like, yeah. just no. <laughs> 
but the fear for me is the English side's in still in there. That's all. I, I just think. Look, I live in a time where Steve, you'll remember Chelsea Champions League semi final, quarter final. That still hurts me to this day. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. Bridge. Yeah. yeah, you know, it's interesting you say it because I was actually watching uh, when I should have been working today. I had like the Omri documentary on, and he talked about that week. And I remember it as a kid when we when we, mm. um, we lost to Man United on the mm. Saturday uh, yeah. at Villa Park, and we should have won. We had missed yeah. some really good chances. Then we, then we lost. It was it was on ITV when the uh, Champions League was on ITV. Oh God, and we we battered him in that first half. We won the look because that season we beat Chelsea three times. We beat him home and away in the league. We beat him. We beat him in the FA Cup. Remember, uh, Reyes scored two. Well, he scored that absolute scream, didn't he? Yeah. Um, and yeah, the one time of, that, that whole season that they beat us, um, yeah, and it hurt. It also hurt seeing that when he talks about the, the Champions League final. Oh God, that that's that's turn off. Honestly, oh, watched that last unwatchable. Week, it's I feel you really feel for him. Like we're really going off a tangent here, but yeah, <laughs> man, awful. He, I put a thing on Instagram the other day of like some of our like worst games, like that that Champions League quarter final against Liverpool in 2008. Still. Riles me to this day. That's one of my um, earliest memories as well of, of us in Europe. Oh no! When we at the Walcott, that incredible run. Because uh, I remember that game we drew at home, didn't we? At the Emirates. We should have. We should have beaten them at home. Two two, wasn't it? Yeah, we should have won that game. Um, and also that game with Birmingham City when Gail Clichy. Oh God. Yeah. Gail bloody Clichy, man! Absolute gifting him a bar. He made he made the mistake and then he fouls him. It went. I mean. With VAR, that's never a penalty. But uh, well, that's a nice dreary end to a. a well, you know what? It's, you know, it's good to talk about. It's good to talk about these things. You know what? It's good to you know you take the rough with the smooth though, and uh, these moments make the good times even better. Okay. The important thing is we fucked up Spurs. Whoop, whoop. Yeah, man. Exactly. And what do we think of Tottenham? What do we think of Tottenham? Shit. Shit. What do we think of shit? Tottenham. Thank you. That's all right. That's all right. There you go. I love how Liam's on like a little delay. <laughs> Wonderful. We ain't top them, man. We ain't top them. That's a great way to end the pod. There you go. Look, there you go, Liam. He's smiling now. He's not depressing. Losing Champions League finals. But on that bombshell, guys, is it is it time to part ways and get dinner? I think it's so. time for dinner. It's time for so. dinner. What are you making tonight? Microwave quiche? <laughs> I don't <laughs> is it I'm is it an ice, Iceland disgusted. sausage roll ready meal? Hey, you don't have Iceland. Back off. Come on. You know, you've only got about one Tesco, haven't you? Please, let's not have this conversation again. We do this on off air and you wind me up about the lack of food over here. I can't, I can't remember last time I had a decent kebab, for fuck's sake. Jesus Christ. Do you know I'm what, Liam? Off. This is really going off pieces. They don't have like Indian takeaways in um, We do. In Ireland. We do, but the quality is shocking. You called them these, they're basically like a chip, like a Chinese. No, no, no. If you turn around to an Irish person, you say, I'm going for curry, they'll think you're going to get a Chinese curry. Fact. <sighs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm right there with you. And on that bombshell. And on that bombshell. But look, guys, thanks if you've uh, taken the time to listen to us this long. We thank you as always. Um, it's always great to. Uh, to talk about a win and it's also really good to talk about a win over a Jose Mourinho managed Spurs if you want to follow any of us on the on the socials feel free to do so you'll find Steve on Twitter he is at in the clock end you'll find myself at underscore the arse underscore and you'll find Liam who is at Gronin Guna 
Uh, we'll be back probably um, doing another double header next weekend, I'd say, to cover the second leg of Olympiacos and the West Ham game, which hopefully, look, it's another big week for the football club. Let's hope we can have another great three points to talk about and another, uh, another win against Olympiacos. Um, but until then, guys, look after yourselves, look after each other. Take care. Cheers, guys. Up the arm. Thanks, Chuck. Thank you.